we were at videopower.org for a long time. And Jake Larson's known as the YouTube ad expert of the world. Um, and we were doing some of the top campaigns um, that there are. Uh, his producer produced the number one YouTube ad of the decade with Kobe oh, Bryant and Lionel Messi. And uh, it wasn't until years later where he bought the dot-com. I have no idea how much he spent on that, but I remember it was a very big deal for him to, to make that shift. But I thought it was yeah. so smart that he didn't let that limit his ability to use that brand name. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, Suzanne Taylor King, I'd love to know for those who are going to be listening with us, um, what three books or resources do you recommend to visionaries that are looking to grow their well, this brand new book, really, Creative Acts for Curious People by Sarah Greenberg. Uh, I just got it yesterday, and I stayed up reading it last night. Uh, it's 30 different acts that curious, you know, visionaries can use to spark creativity, uh, or teams can use to spark creativity. So really exciting, because uh, it's very practical. I love practical tools. I love um, Principles by Ray Dalio. One, because it has an app with it that you can kind of customize the knowledge in the book for your for your own journey, which is really fun. And then uh, another favorite from one of my coaches, Brian Johnson, a book called Arte, which is uh, lots of ancient wisdom and, again, tools to actually, you know, bring it into life and practice. Nice. Those are very practical um, and all have systems attached to them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Arte, uh, Ed Milet is big on on the Arte concepts and talking mm -hmm. about that. And Ray Dalio uh, came on my radar about, I think it was less than two years ago. Um, and I, I had no idea who I was like, whoa, what a resource yeah. of wealth, of knowledge. And one yeah. of the guests out of the 177th episode one other guest also recommended principles by Ray Dalio. So those visionaries who are listening in and, and getting this at the beginning of your, your journey, enjoy and enjoy this process. So Suzanne, we'll bring you right back on. We're going to cut to the break real quick. I'll introduce some sponsors and then we'll be off to talk about your vision. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I'm excited to have Suzanne Taylor King on today. She's a business consultant. We're going to be talking about principles of confidence, action, and accountability. Um, she's a business consultant. She has lots of background with different businesses and ventures. And um, I'm going to pause the about her for just a minute. We'll come back and take a look at one of her pages as I go through that. I want to make sure that you guys also know some of the tools that we recommend. We recommend those in the form of a sponsorship. So we have up here the Wellness Shop 365 with Sean Lechuga. And the Wellness Shop, what caught my attention about his vision early on wasn't just that he's an integrative nutrition, health and wellness coach, meaning somebody who looks at your health from like that naturopath mindset of, okay, not just our, um, preventative medicine, but proactive medicine of how do we keep healthy? I saw this 365 Harmony of Life wheel assessment. I was like, whoa, 
Here's somebody who's actually asking about joy and spirituality, creativity, along with the book that Suzanne just recommended that comes to mind and relationships, volunteering, uh, the holistic approach, the holistic approach that Sean and Julianne have taken to building out their own lives really caught my attention. I was like, man, I know there's a lot of people out there who could benefit from looking at wealth and health from a more well-rounded perspective. So if they align with you, feel free to follow them. You can always catch their episode as well. Speaking of episodes, another great episode to catch is one I was actually hesitant to put on the show, and that's Melissa Gray of the Um, That lawyers, you know, that particular niche is notorious for being controlling, being manipulative, being in your face about things, condescending. I was like, I don't know if I want to put a lawyer on this show. And she didn't do the pre-show with me. She did it with one of my team members. So then she comes in. And she's just got this aura and this nurturing nature about her and her tagline, law doesn't have to be complicated. She simplifies the legal process for entrepreneurs, uh, specifically small, medium business owners that would like to have uh, you know, somebody on retainer. But she takes the approach of law and says, you know what, LegalZoom and Crocodoc and all those materials, they can be important and helpful for people who are just getting started. But there's also this massive gap between that and the, the types of retainers that most business owners are faced with. And so many business owners leave themselves susceptible for challenges where they're not prepared for a lawsuit that might come up or an IP claim or somebody trademarks your brand like happened to us at Restaurant Connect. Um, you know, and we did our best to defend ourselves. We spent $20,000 on that trademark battle, even though the name was ours and we won. But did we? spending $20,000, not having that system in place. Um, I would have much rather seen us abandon the name and grab a new name and use that $20,000 towards something else. At the same time, um, I was just a junior co-founder in the process. And I'm certainly grateful for all the other things our senior co-founder did to build our brand. But if you're in a position right now where you don't have legal counsel on retainer, I'd highly recommend that you start interviewing people now while well, you are in a safe zone um, and while you're not facing something like that. And Melissa Gray is my go-to. Uh, she's joined forces with us at First Class Business. And I'm very excited for uh, what's on the horizon as we continue to work with her. Um, in addition to that, I'll always strive to make time to talk about the water project because I am so blessed, so lucky, so fortunate, whatever word you want to use, to be able to go grab water right from my kitchen. There's millions of people in the world, my friends, that do not have access to clean drinking water. Their kids have to leave school, um, walk three to four miles in order to find a source of water for their community. And that takes away from their studies. It also may not be a safe source of drinking water. Um, you know, the parents have to leave and, and go get water. And it can create extreme challenges for those communities that are striving to develop. Um, just so they can have the basic necessities that, that we consider necessities in life. Now, what's cool about the water project is they allow you to pick the community you want to contribute to, and you get to actually see the outcome, whether they build a borehole well or a sand dam, you get to see and learn about those processes. And I think what's really cool is you get to know that your, your money went to that particular cause and the generational impact that will be, that will take effect as people have access to clean drinking water is something worth meditating upon, maybe taking a walk and considering. One of the pictures you might've just saw was kids celebrating water like it was Christmas day. Um, if I could get my kids who are very good at celebrating Christmas, but to celebrate water like that, my goodness, um, celebrate their life like that. There's amazing things that we can learn. We get involved in projects. My request for you is if COVID economics has made life difficult and you don't have the ability to give back, my request would be to share this the same way I am. Just 
maybe maybe tag a friend. Uh, maybe share the link to the water project. It doesn't have to be associated with our show. There's 8 billion people in this world to help. It's one of our ways to go about that. My last request in that regard is if you know of a cause that's important to you that you'd like to put on our radar, just drop that cause in the comments, share the link so that we can also give back to those opportunities. And maybe we can also present them here on Vision Pros Live. <clears throat> so without further ado, um, Suzanne Taylor King, I'm going to be bringing her on stage um, one of the things that I like about Suzanne as I was reading through her bio um, is, is one, she understands the value of herself. That confidence is not arrogance. Um, it's a virtue. I wish everybody in life could be this confident uh, to put themselves out there and, and, and showcase multiple sides of their personality, not multiple personalities. That's different. Um, and then she's also wordy. And what does that mean? She's passionate. She cares. She wants to, people to deeply understand who she is and what she's been up to. She's coached with some of the best of them. Ron Reich, Todd Brown, Tony Robbins as well. Uh, she's made sure to do her training and, and put in her dues. And so it's going to be really fun to dive into uh, you know, how she's been able to work with 4,000 plus clients, 35 years of experience, 12 plus certifications, and two plus of cups of coffee daily. I like that. I didn't see that the first time. So uh, without further ado, let me find my tab and get Suzanne on stage. Suzanne, welcome in to Vision Pros Live. Hello, Jackson. Great to be here. I'm glad to have you. Um, it is great to be here, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. President's Day and we're celebrating in style um, by, by serving others. So yeah. um, let's dive right in on that note. What is your vision, Suzanne, for those that you serve? Well, I serve business owners and entrepreneurs, and my vision really is about making that journey easier. I, I think as uh, self-employed people, we tend to make more complicated than they really are. And to kind of decipher all of the knowledge that's available in the online space into a really simple system for my clients to follow because I needed it. Well said. I love the fact that you can take your your bubbly energy that's so easy to read through and you can also boil that down into simplicity mm -hmm. and um, a deep level of pondering thought. That's, that is just so powerful. How'd you learn to do that before we move on to your vision? I think it's something that just always came naturally to me. I had a 20-year career as a dental hygienist, and I learned very young uh, when I was working part-time in a dental office at 16 how to explain things, complicated things to people in a very simple way. Mm. And that was something my boss was very good at at the time. And he was probably my first mentor. And that has just continued. How can I decipher that knowledge? I love to learn. So getting getting paid to decipher knowledge is just the ultimate dream for me. And so making it simple, I, I love to challenge, but I also love to simplify. And that that act is not, I realized it wasn't easy for other people. So I take advantage of that. It's easy for me. Neat. I, I like that. Visionaries who are listening that might feel a little bit intimidated by that. I do want to break down what she said though, because what Suzanne said was it naturally came through a 20 year career. <laughs> <laughs> so there was an extreme amount of diligence and dedication that was yeah. and, and listening skills to 
understand what your boss was doing and picking it up and putting it into place. So yeah. one step at a time over 20 years of diligence, uh, yeah. Suzanne's been able to fine tune and hone the craft that she probably did have some, some natural components to that. But even if you don't, um, my, my invitation to you would be to realize that you still have work and dedication mm -hmm. to put into the process. Yeah. Uh, Suzanne, what's your vision for you? What do you see for yourself on the horizon? Uh, well, immediate horizon would be I'm simplifying my business. So most recently, I let go of two group coaching programs that had been running for well over a year. So I could double down on my one-on-one -on -one coaching with some bigger businesses, uh, some more speaking engagements. And it felt a little scary, to be honest to yeah. let go of something, my $10 a month content membership I had been building for over six years. And to just decide, okay, January, 2024, I'm no longer doing that. And ooh, it, was, it was a little intimidating, but I knew that in order to grow as a coach, to serve people at a higher level, um, and to work with some bigger businesses who might require and do require four, five hours a week sometimes, I was going to have to let those smaller things go. I I love it. Um, again, I, I love that you. there's so many of us that I think we see a lot of the gurus repurpose that into this vault. That's a bonus. Yeah. It's so And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't need more dumped on my head um you know more extras but that's not a true yeah. bonus um you know there's not a lot of value i loved when jake larson again video power when he let me go and i cried um like the moment he said hey, i gotta let you go i was like what we had just tripled revenues we, we were working together for 18 months and he says gotta let me go he was having a second child and he said jackson i want to scale back yeah i want to go from 20 clients down to five clients again Mm -hmm. I want to kill the coaching program that we had launched together. Um, we were doing special guest hangouts. It was this type of podcast style. You know, we, I didn't really know much about the podcasting world, but you know, all that simplification that he did, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and again, I was, I was in the crosshairs for that. I felt like, you know, he must not like me. Yeah. And then he calls me once a week after that, see how I'm doing, see if I needed a reference or anything like that. He waved it on compete and helped me get started. It was a very powerful Mm -hmm. uh, example of exactly what, you know, the same type of approach that you're taking to, you know, let's just simplify. And who knows, maybe they get reactivated down the road. He's now scaling again. Um, he has quite a big team that's moved forward since then, but there's, mm -hmm. there's flows of life and visionaries. Um, if you feel boxed in on, on one particular route or way of doing things, or some coach is telling you, you need to do this, or you should do this, just know that there are other ways to, to look at it. So I, I absolutely love that vision of simplifying. Yeah. Um, you know where that's that's leading you? Um, where else is that that taking you? Well, I, I think it, it's it's really amazing just in making that decision. I read the book 10x is easier than 2x by Dr. Ben Hardy. And it really inspired me to say, where am I spending my time that is not at my highest potential and my highest level of, you know, that, that measure of flow where I'm challenged, but I'm also having fun while I'm there. 
And it was really taking a radical look at everything I was doing from networking to writing to even I tweaked my exercise routine. And maybe it's just age, but I've gotten to the point where I don't, I don't want to do something if it's boring or redundant to me. So that meant letting go of some things and running the risk of making some people upset, making some members upset, but it turned out I I got really great encouragement from my clients. So I love that. It's, it's kind of uh, Tim Ferriss's uh, use of the Pareto's principle, 80, 20 Mm -hmm. as well. And how you know you let go of the 80% of clients that are kind of distracting the mission, you sustain the 20, the byproduct of which I have found to be the same type of case. It's okay. Mm-hmm. The the ones who will support you and your best self, um, your decisions to do that, they're still gonna support you. They'll find their natural path back in, but now there's not this constrained feeling. I, you know, Richard Branson does this. Every company that mm-hmm. he decides to let go of, but if it's profitable and sustainable, then cool. You know, that continues to, fu- to function. If not, yeah. they cut their losses, um, you know, and they, they move on from it. So yeah. Richard Branson in that regard, um, hopefully he catches this and says, cool, I have a twinsie out there. Yeah, right. So if we were to dive into the ultra dark subject of uh, mm-hmm. the worst leadership experience, what is your worst leadership experience ever? And this doesn't have to be yours. This could be one that you've experienced. The whole idea is to help visionaries who are listening in, you know, know, know what's out there and, you know, and maybe they relate to it. Maybe it's on the horizon and they can escape going into the same situation. Well, I actually have two. Uh, my very first business uh, was a retail business, early nineties before social media, um, which was really interesting marketing for a retail business back then. And I made the mistake of, hiring young people who were kind of connected in the market that we were marketing to. And I was thinking that by hiring, you know, these trendy, you know, young people who were really involved in the skateboarding and snowboarding industry, it was a skateboard and snowboard retail business. And I thought that by hiring them, the word would spread more, right? Right. You know, makes sense was kind of like getting a little neighborhood influencer and and getting them didn't work out so well. Um, and I will say that I lost more merchandise that year out the back door than I knew what to do with. And I was very naive. Getting the hookups for the friends. I got you. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I was very naive um, at 24 thinking, well, who would do that I would never do that. Right. Right. And so that was a really tough. It it forced me to step into that owner role and not not the cool, you know, person who's giving me a job, you know, and it was really hard to step into that role at 24 when when those people were only 16, 17, 18, I wasn't that much older than that. So that was a tough reminder of what's required when you own a business. You have to make tough decisions. And the second bad experience was um, I was in a community where 
psychological safety was not taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people in the community were allowed to market themselves in a totally spammy, pushy way, but others were not. And it was a very bro Mm -hmm. mentality. And I just knew I was new to the online space then. And I just knew, okay, I don't belong here and I don't ever want my community to be like that. So it was kind of like learning through a process of what I don't want was really, really powerful for me. I think that's why I'm such a huge fan of the not to do list. You know, it's interesting. You bring up a really good point. These things are learned often in hindsight. Yeah. Once you see it, it's so clear Mm -hmm. um, and so evident. And on the front side, it's hard not to feel like, oh, well, business is a dog eat dog world. Therefore, it's okay if my team Mm. acts like this. Right. I've I've been I was in sales a lot in my early stages of my career. And then, yeah, the communities you're talking about, there was a time where I was very appreciative and excited about Grant Cardone and Sam Ovens and Traffic and Funnels, too, Um, you know, and, and their approach to methods like that. I'm sure there's others that are out there doing the same type of, of uh, marketing. And there's still, but there's a lot of inferiority complexes to Mm -hmm. deal with in some of those environments. And when you find, you know, when you find yourself in an environment where that control is taking place on any scalar level, um, it it can be very limiting and it can, it can really hurt people. Um, And so again, each one of those that I named, they have certain virtues that they build with as well. Um, but you know, there's a reason why traffic and funnels doesn't exist anymore. Um, so I, I do use that pointedly love the leader. I think Taylor Welch is amazing. Um, I think he does a lot of great things, but if you're in the market, you're looking for leaders to follow, I guess, before we go into the best leadership, um, what are some of the subtle things that you could have recognized early on Suzanne, that would have helped you maybe say, you know what, I'm. I'm not going to dive into this territory. I'm going to find a different style of community. What would you have looked for? Well, I think now looking back, because I, I'm famous for my, you know, if a mistake is made or if I discover something, I'm always kind of analyzing, okay, what what went well, what didn't go well. And looking back, I would have recognized want to be in a community or hire someone who's not doing what meaning you're going to tell me to have a successful, how to have a successful Facebook group. And that's how I'm going to get my clients, but you're running ads to get clients. That's just an example. Mm -hmm. So for me, integrity is really important. So if somebody says, and there's, there's lots of this in the online space, Oh, I make $600,000 a month and I'm a coach and I do this and I do that. And then I find out that you just say that online to get clients. I'm never on you. And that's yeah. happened more than once. And I, I think early on I said, well, I'm not making income claims myself and not about my clients. I'm not promising my clients I'm going to get them to $10,000 a month because if they don't do the work, they're not going to get there. And I think there's so much 
misleading information. You know, the $600,000 a month one that I mentioned. I, I know this person and I know she doesn't make that per month. Right. But that's her selling feature. Everybody wants to work with her because she's making six hundred thousand a month. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be a lot different, and I'm going to be a lot bolder when it comes to walking your talk. I don't teach my clients to do anything that I'm not currently doing. Hmm. It's it's a big one. It's it depends on the niche that we follow though you know and yes. I, I just had this discussion with shane michael of fast of simply fast websites uh my doctor does not need to have an open heart surgery in order to know how to do an open heart surgery right so it depends on on the niche um mm -hmm. in addition i did fire a client last year um she actually just attacked me um <laughs> on the live broadcast Congratulations. Uh, weeks ago right <laughs> yeah. um and i was like well I was hoping to never address this because it's just not that relevant, right? Mm -hmm. For what we're doing to move. But this is somebody with 500,000 followers on Facebook mm -hmm. and they went to a conference to, uh, at the mastermind, right? The mastermind, uh, they had fake money. They had a yacht. They took a year's worth of lifestyle photos. They had all sorts of change of clothes, um, mm -hmm. to be able to showcase how they actually live their life. Right. Mm-hmm what like are you how how do people think that that's ethical and i was shocked yeah. because like we're very bold about our principles mm -hmm. of like one foundation of love we would never do that to somebody two uh you know like we're we're very clear about like ethics has to be yeah. extremely uh calculated for any types of market activities and that sacrificed almost every ethical boundary i can imagine um mm -hmm. and so yeah i was not i was not happy so we bowed out gracefully we just said hey look we you know we're gonna give your money back and we were doing that over installed payments over time just to distance ourselves um you know and oh it's it's yeah. a weird world that we live in with ai yeah, it's, it's really a thing it's really and i i think that it, incentivized when I I went to a webinar or not a webinar like a two-hour workshop back in October and it was about how to create a course fully without yourself right from the content yeah. the knowledge the content the outlines the scripts and then the actual videos all without the, the coach actually doing any of it. And as I sat there, I thought, oh, hell no, no. <laughs> uh, this means that I could give my assistant a topic. Oh, let's call it authentic sales, which I teach my clients. Let's call the course authentic sales. And I could send my assistant off to create a full course videos, worksheets, handouts, and none of it came from here or any of my practical experience. It's all right. created with AI. And that's when I made the decision to say, when everybody else is going in that direction, use AI like nobody's business for different things, but not to fake my own, you know, or content. Yeah. And when, when I really thought about that and ever, if everybody's going to go in that direction, 
I'm going to go in the opposite direction. High yeah. touch, high value. Every client has my phone number, gets to actually talk to me, and their coaching programs are created just for them. Yep. It's huge. Well, you know, mm -hmm. we, we combine the best of both as well as we can. Um, mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's one of the dynamic principles that I hope other visionaries gather out of this too. It's like, we're not saying, we're not condemning AI as a resource. No. We're no, saying there's an ethics uh, that goes along with making sure that you're responsible enough to manage and, and use the tool. Um, the same is true of like, if I were to try it, you know, without Melissa on the law spot, if I were to attempt to give legal advice or attempt to provide mm -hmm. templates to people, uh, I'm crossing an ethical boundary that is not something that I'm capable of doing. Now, I can also provide disclaimers that are important to my clients, right? right. I know, look, I'm not a financial advisor. You shouldn't accept financial advice from me. And at the same time, mm -hmm. gaining funding for your brand and for your vision is important. Um, you know, mm -hmm. if we can agree on that, we can talk finances, but know that I don't have, I'm not a CPA. I don't have these certifications, right? So there's, there's an element of making sure the disclaimers are in place. And, yeah. you know, one of our, you know, our modules that, you know, might make somebody, um, make some people say like, oh my gosh, like, okay, he's promising that he's going to give this for free. And, and mm -hmm. at the same time, I tell people there, and we are very clear in many videos in this, there's no guarantees. The best things in life typically come with hard work, sacrifice and building mm -hmm. awesome teams. Yeah. Like if you're going to do this on your own, like mm -hmm. I hope you have an amazing rockstar team because like you said, we, we can, as long, I'm, I'm fine with the, the monetary claim under the right circumstance with the right disclaimers. Um, but those disclaimers have to, it, one, it's, it's illegal to make mm -hmm. monetary claims. You have to put the disclaimers on there. So um, I'm glad yeah. that you gravitate towards, <clears throat> towards putting those, those ethical boundaries in place because there are a lot of coaches who don't, and that is a great sign. That's one of the biggest yeah. signs I look for when I'm considering who's going to be my mentor, who's going to be my coach, who am yeah. I going to align with as a strategic partner? I'm looking for, do they, do they cross these ethical boundaries that are fairly basic? Once you become an advanced level coach, you know that everybody at the advanced level knows these things. So I think so. I, I really think that you know, my mentor is she's the highest paid female coach ever. And cool. she barely has a website. Um, she's on social media very, very little. And her clients come from her deciding who she wants to work with and going out and meeting them, or they're referred to her. And she was going to retire this year and she got three referrals and she said to me oh, what's a couple more million for my grandchildren <laughs> because it's so easy for her to you know do what she does at that high level and she actually said that if i was going to you know have a higher ticket program which i totally deserve to after 15 years coaching but she said, if you're going to do that, you can't have a $10 product on the shelf. Think about it. You can't or you can? You can't. You can't. Google uh, does. Hmm? I, challenge, I challenge that though. And that's why yeah? freemium, the freemium business model is the only business model in the last 50 years to create 
some of the best, some of the top growth companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And so Google's cracked that, Amazon's cracked that, um, uh, the, the, the Tesla cracks that as well. Um, their model is very closely associated with freemium. You get to drive the car and try it before you end up, up buying. So it's not in the same tradition as Google's is, but those, mm-hmm. you know, you look at Facebook as well as one of those companies, and now they're reproducing companies on freemium at scale. You got Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok. So, but they do have very, very, they have, you know, when I wanted to work for Google, my minimum sales ticket would have been $230,000, but you can wow. use Google for free too. Um, and so there's, it's more of looking, but I, I agree with the idea that all these formulas, there's a place and time for them, right? It depends mm-hmm. on the style of bridge that you're building and the type of growth. If you want to be in a freedom of choice position, like your mentor, where she's like, I can, that's the beauty of it. She can take the three on if she wants to mm-hmm. increase her revenue and she wants to engage those people, but she's also put herself in a position to where she doesn't have to, right? Well, and so, let, me, let me ask you this. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's play. Let's, so, let's play this. Yeah, let's play a little bit. So, if if you have a ten dollar product on the shelf, mm-hmm. that is, you know, a a loosely business coaching membership, yeah. right? Are you ever going to take those ten dollar a month people and turn them into a hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollar a year client? Hundred percent. And here's here's why though. Um, this is not an easy concept to teach mm-hmm. people, um, and it's an important concept to visualize. I wish I had a could draw on this, but this is actually how we teach that process to our clients. We call it the profit maximization formula. So the way that it works is so many, and you, to prove your point, so many people they launch a book or they create some tripwire offer, some lead magnet, and then the next thing you know, that's all they ever talk about is their free mm-hmm. program and what they did, their book that came out, their book that came out. Well, if you're going to take that approach, you might as well go to Dollar Tree, buy all the socks off the shelf, get on a bus and sell those socks at $7 a pop. Mm-hmm. You'll make more money faster than trying to sell your lead magnet to people. Yeah. I can't draw with the, the StreamYard program, but this base down here, you see this superhero on the bottom left. Mm-hmm. That's not me. That's our client. That's the business owner. And business owners need to get used to hearing the words no and hearing the not nows. But what happens is most business owners, they start to talk to their common client or their common prospect, and they forget that their ideal client wants their maximum offer. And so Mm -hmm. they get distracted. They build a lead magnet or they build something for free and they start talking to all the common clients over and over and over and they never make it anywhere and they end up burning out. When they should have stayed focused like you're talking about, on building the high ticket solution and always talking about the high ticket solution. And the only reason the other aspects of the system should exist is when you have a team that has the infrastructure to build those other assets and those assets nurture people on their Mm -hmm. own. You're not involved in that process. Those are there to help people pre-qualify themselves because with COVID especially, people put face masks on then they put earbuds in, then they put sunglasses on and you cannot connect with it. Nobody calls anymore. Nobody mm-hmm. evaluates things the way they used to. But I've had many entrepreneurs at Video Power and through my program as well. They come to us and they say, hey, I read your materials. I saw it. I purchased this thing. I understand the principles. Name your price. Yeah. 
how do we how do we work with you at a high level? Because all that seems great, but I really want to move fast and I want to move forward now. And so that's where I would say is there, there is an opportunity, but that system, most people do a horrible job of implementing the system of a funnel. And it then tells the audience, you don't really know what you're doing and none of it really connects. And then when they come across you, you've done such a bad job of representing your high end offer. Yeah. You've kind of destroyed your credibility. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. 100%. It happened to me. I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times because the the free offer or the $10 offer or the $27 you know, that went up to 297, 497, you know, that ascension ladder, so to speak, attracted people who were not ready for my style coaching, who could not afford my high ticket offer for years, years, they weren't going to be ready for. We had that at at Video Power. When I joined them, we had 70,000 people per month coming to the website Mm -hmm. and Jake had to pull the, he had to pull the phone number off. Because of how many unqualified there were, there were kids calling saying, Hey, how do we launch a YouTube channel? Um, you know, and so we took, so I came in and he said, man, I hate being first on Google for this. What do we do? And I said, just give me a couple of weeks, Jake. Like I needed to study everything. So I looked at it and studied it. So number one, let's change the form so that people do not have to put their website link here. If nobody, if somebody skips that, we know that it's not a good lead and we can just ignore that form Two, this course on SEO for YouTube. How much is it? $200. Okay. How many people have bought it over the last two years? Two people. Okay. Make it a dollar. Make it a dollar. Put it on that page. And we'll see how many 70,000 people buy that course. They made it $7. I thought that was stupid. Whatever. We made $1,500 a month like that coming in. And we weren't bringing them for we had, but we had our other forms in place, much like a doctor's office. If you get free access to the doctor and you can walk up to the doctor and say, doctor, please, I need help. Um, I mean, I don't have insurance. That doctor is put in a very precarious situation because he can't ignore that patient, but he also can't Mm -hmm. responsibly fulfill for that patient when he's got other patients who have paid, you know, and, and he can't attend to. So having the systems in place to protect us when we have high value to provide is paramount. Well, and I, I think, when I really looked at, when I was going to mentor other coaches or work with other business owners who had offers, and why would you start with the $27 thing when you need to support yourself? And I, I just said this yeah, a couple of weeks ago. You can't. We, yeah. we agree. I agree with you 100%. You have to go anti-ascension ladder right. when you're um, first unless, starting out. Yes. Um, unless you have the um, the... the tolerance for the sacrifice that it mm-hmm. takes to build the, the process. Um, yeah. But it is much wiser to know first how to create that irresistible offer for the yeah. budget that can help you scale. Um, because without the profit margin, you're going to have a very hard time building anything. Um, so yeah. I lo- thank you for, for discussing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I got to bring in the power take. Uh, it's our other show. Okay. <laughs> so what's your, your best leadership experience look like? Oh, my very first boss. Uh, I was 16 and I was at a dental office where my family went and he asked if I'd be interested in babysitting his kids. And we lived in the same neighborhood and it worked out great. So I started babysitting his kids. And then one day uh, his assistant was out sick. I was 16 and he said, "I I need somebody. 
to seat patients, like take pay people from the waiting room, seat them in the chair, put the bib on. I don't need you to do anything else. That's all I need. I can, I can handle everything. And I was scared to death. Um, <laughs> and I said, what do I have to do? He said, just go out to the waiting room, open the door, call the person's name and bring them back and, you know, sit them in the chair, put the bib on. I was so scared and so nervous. And he said, look, they're way more nervous than you are. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and do it. And over the next 12 years that I worked for him, he was such a great example of not only how to treat people, but how to talk to people, how to make people feel comfortable, how to build rapport with people. And literally what I was learning was NLP at its most practical, heart-centered form. I learned it from another person who truly cared about other people. Shout out to Dr. Tins. I love that. That's uh I have I have an article on LinkedIn. I think maybe 50 people have read it over 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's the first one I wrote and it's on hiring from the hospitality industry mm -hmm. because of those exact principles, right? You can find yeah. it in other industries too, but that servant heart leadership yeah. of you yeah. know, and and he empowered you, he invited you to take action, he didn't force you, and then yeah. he trained you on the little steps to to take and he helped you see you know, that, that you were capable of doing this. And I'm sure that that is continued. Over and, the he, that and he let me make mistakes and he let me, you know, really find myself as, as a healthcare provider. Um, very first patient that I saw blood, I passed out like on the floor, passed out. Oh my. And he said, oh, it happens to everybody the first time. You'll be good from now on. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he just, he just told you you'll be good from now. Um, yeah, you did that work? Now. Was there any yeah. other training you had to do to not pass out? Nope, I was good after that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I know other people who weren't so fortunate. I, I studied in the um, in the medical program in high school. Um, mm -hmm. So I was, I was big into going. I didn't have that problem. Um all right. So if we were to move into, this is the last chance you had to talk to visionaries and, mm -hmm. and tell them about a powerful lesson from your experience. What powerful lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience so far in life, Suzanne? Uh, 100% it's reflection. It's, mm -hmm. it's whatever mistakes or um, triumphs you've had to actually give yourself the time to reflect on those experiences and process them. And the, my favorite, I won't say f not favorite experience, but lesson to learn is I was on the phone with my mother when she passed away and I could have easily, you know, had that experience be the worst experience of my life or upon reflection months, months after the grief, months later, reflected on it and said, how lucky was I that I left work early that day and made the phone call and got to talk to her before that happened. And to, to appreciate how the universe supported that happening for me that day, truly an amazing gift in synchronicity that 
I leaned into my intuition that day and all of the things that had to line up for me to be able to have that experience. And I can now tell that story without crying, without getting upset and actually own it as a really powerful experience. And that gift is a must for any leader or entrepreneur to be able to do that. I love that. I'll second that too. That's a, that's a big one. And nobody shared that that powerful lesson either on here. That makes me excited and happy. Um, you know, this is in line with gratitude journals. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the, and, and this is part of how to become more self-aware. Um, yeah. you know, and, and I like that you shared it. You said to take the time. Um, mm -hmm. I get to color comment and kind of double down on, on my thought, right? Also to give ourselves permission to do so that can be hard, especially with our, our weaknesses. Um, you know, or, or our mistakes, but to give ourselves permission to, to forgive ourselves and allow ourselves to look back and say, okay, what, you know, yeah, maybe somebody else made a mistake involved in this, in this uh, failure. Yeah. But what did I do? And what can I learn from my mistakes in it or their mistakes in it? How do I recognize future people who won't make the same mistake? Um, you know, it could also be a part of that. The more we can, can look back and think through the available questions the you know and, and formulate questions regarding our experiences um the more we can learn the lessons that were meant for us because those things happen to us so yeah. thank you yeah powerful questions are really one i think they're the key to coaching but i think they're the key to becoming a better version of yourself a better human a better uh wife mom friend um and I strive to do that every day, a little bit better every day, but you can only do that if you're willing to really look at yourself. I love that. Um, if you don't mind, we'll take a couple extra minutes um, because this has been very deep and rich. At the same time, visionaries, <clears throat> those of you who got to hear the way that Suzanne shared her vision, um, the title of this was Confidence, Action, and Accountability. And I saw confidence emulated all throughout this. I saw mm -hmm. action emulated all throughout this and her desire to go back and forth with me on the subject. Um, and then we talked a lot about accountability and making sure that uh, ethics is involved with uh, the strategic partners, the clients, the prospects that we want to work with. Really, this entire episode has been a living proof of, of what you do, Suzanne. Um, you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, you're showing my brand new made over website, which just dropped yesterday it finished so very excited i was like oh this is exciting awesome yeah. that's great awesome anything regarding confidence actions or accountability um or your title as well um you, you know you do have a um, interesting title i'll pull this off for now mm -hmm. uh, you you diamondologist I think yeah, I got you, it that time. You, di you don't ask me to spell it. Okay. <laughs> uh, that took a little while. So it comes from uh, the Greek Latin word eudaimon. Uh, and daimon, the root of that at its core, means good soul. That's the angel on your shoulder who's saying nothing but wonderful, nice things. And eudaimonia is the pursuit of having a good 
soul, being a good human, being a uh, person who's working on themselves to be a better and better version of themselves. And I looked at this word when I was studying a little bit of Stoic philosophy, Brian Johnson, and really thought, oh, that that's the ancient version of positive psychology and start exploring the correlation between the two. And there was so much richness there that I said, I'm going to put it as part of my job title or part of Suzanne's title of not only what I do, but who I am. Hmm. And the person, the coach I was working with at the time on my brand about six, seven years ago said, what is this word? You don't want to say that. You don't want to do that. Nobody knows what that is. And I smiled and said, yes, exactly. Nobody knows what it is. And it's going to spark curiosity and conversation with the people who are meant to talk to me. Yeah. See, and I, I love that because, you know, I'm a big believer of, of teach their own. Um, you know, as a, as a coach, the best coaches in the world, in my opinion, they never tell you what to do. Yeah. Right. They, they don't tell you what you should do or what you have to do is they guide you. But at the same time, like had somebody, had I gotten the JK Rowling when she was writing a book on a napkin and mm -hmm. said, Hey, just throw that napkin away. That's not how you write a book. This is how you write a book. She wouldn't be a billionaire today. Yeah. Um, and because she was able to go and explore the publishers and have the presence the strength, the confidence, the action, the accountability to work with a publisher. And they mm -hmm. had to rewrite that. She had to rewrite chapter one. I think it was 14 times she had to rewrite it before they published. And I'm sure she's grateful now that she did. Um, if she wasn't already grateful then. Um, but there's, there's so much we can learn from this lesson. Visionaries, those of you listening in, if you want to connect with Suzanne, of course, you can do so in the comments. The other thing you can do is go to the landing page and we'll have her resources lifted there. We'll keep those updated over time. Also, if you have a vision that you'd like to share, then in the top right corner of that screen, you'll see a button that says, be our guest. We would love to host you and hear about your ethical, holistic visions um, and potentially bring you on the same stage. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and joining us today. Suzanne, any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, just a thank you for the platform. Thank you for the conversation. appreciate it. And excited to continue the conversation. Absolutely. Vision Pros, you heard it. Feel free to reach out to her and reach out to me as well. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your